Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This week's guest on the Mike Wise Show is one of the best rebounders in the NBA and also one of the most courageous individuals you can imagine. His team is off to a very hot start, and he's one of the main reasons. And you'll meet him next. But first, Darlene, do your thing! The Mike Wise Show is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Mike Wise Show is hosted by a guy who played basketball atrociously for Hawaii Pacific College, which forced him into journalism. And, oh yeah, he wrote about basketball for the New York Times, the Washington Post, and ESPN. He's also a wise ass, and so are many of his guests. Right, Mike? Thank you again, Darlene. Today's guest is a wise man for sure. Although he has some wise ass things going on too. You should check out his snowball fight on Twitter this morning with his teammates. He's Ennis Cantor of the Boston Celtics. Ennis is coming off the bench for the Celtics, giving them a huge boost on the boards, getting them some easy buckets. And beyond that, I brought him on the program because he's got a tremendous social conscience and a person who can really talk about things outside the game. Welcome to the program, my friend. Thank you guys for inviting me. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for coming. Um, First of all, this snowball fight uh, with your teammates, uh, it it must be cold in Boston right now. Very cold, man. It's been over like crazy. So we landed from, uh, we came from like New York last night and it was the first time we snowed in Boston, I think. And it was wild, of course. I mean, when when it snows, what are you going to do? You got to play snowball. You know, it was like... (laughs) 15 big kids trying to play, you know, trying to throw at the snowballs to each other. It was pretty funny. Uh, of the uh, of the teams you've been on, and I understand that some of them were uh, played great basketball together. Some of them were learning to be decent teams. Where where do the Celtics just early into your career with them? Where do they rank for you, just as a a team with camaraderie and everything that's important to you as a player? I mean. Let me tell let me tell you what's about Celtics. They always going out there and try to win and try to play for a championship. That shows that you know that every year they're competing for 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 a championship ring, and that shows what what kind of organization they are. And obviously they are one of the well-run organizations in in the league, and everybody respects you know the coaching staff here and the players and the organization. So it's it's definitely. You know, once you play for the Celtics, you're like, man, I am blessed to be in this situation. Mm. I, I also like that they they still value the big man. So many teams, if you're not a stretch five, if you don't shoot know, three, right. three pointers, it's almost like uh, Shaquille O'Neal told me one day, he said, you know, they're legislating the, the pivot uh, p- position out of the game now with all these, everybody wants to shoot threes, and yet you still you still like to play with your back to the basket. Do you, I know you work with Taco Fall a little bit. Do you, do you impart that upon him that it's okay to be big, it's okay to play big, you don't have to just be a perimeter player now as a big man? 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, first of all, the league is changing. You can always add a lot of things at your game. But, you know, I mean, you cannot be – I mean, my job is, you know, just going out there, get every rebound, trying to, you know, play back-to-back game, bring toughness and stuff. So, I mean, I, 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 have, a lot, I have lots of conversation with him and this, uh, some of the bigs that, you know, hey, league is changing, but you know what? That means there is not many big men in the paint. So just go out there and go, go to work. When I think of you and Steven Adams in Oklahoma City, I think of two guys who had no problem mixing it up with each other. What was practice like? That must have been incredible. Oh my gosh, yes. It was like it was like a, seriously like a wrestling match. So me and him were just of course two physical guys who were going to go out there and play back to basket. So I mean, me and him playing one on one, it was not a basketball, it was like wrestling match. You could hear the bones <laughs> cracking. <laughs> Did you really get it? Did you guys ever get uh, nasty with each other, or was there also, or was there always a mutual respect? Oh, it was, it was always respect. It was about we always, you know, pushed each other to be, you know, just uh, be really, really good because he pushed me in a practice, I pushed him in a practice, and when you go against the big like that, just, just the game automatically becomes uh, pretty easy because you're literally going against the toughest big man in the league. I feel like the center position, there's almost a premium on it um, in, in foreign countries because I look at Giannis, I look at Joel Embiid, Stephen Adams, yourself, so many others that have all these skills, still back to the basket skills, not just perimeter skills. I, I think so. You know, I think, you know, the, the, now, the, I mean, Europe, especially Europe, they've been doing a really good job, you know, the, developing the uh, players, especially, you know, the, the big men. And, you know, now you see more and more big men, not just the big men, players kind of coming up international. I feel like in a few years, international, international players could, could take over the league. Like you see Giannis, you see Luca, you see Joel Embiid, you see uh, what what happens with, you know, the Ginobili, Tony, Tony Parker, Dirk, Paul Gasol. So I think, you know, just international players are becoming more confident and playing more comfortable in the U.S. You, I always wondered why that was, and um, because for years people used to say the European bloc country players, um, especially from Western Europe, were soft. They would say soft, and they're not tough enough. Yeah, I heard that before. And I, I don't know what that to me. It's so wrong now. I look at these guys. Maybe it's because they come from war torn countries. Um, and and different places in the Eastern Bloc, at Serbia and Yugoslavia, Croat, all the all the all this internal strife and the civil wars those countries faced, made many of those guys grew up in very tough areas. But I just feel like there is there is more phys- physical players overseas now than there used to be. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, in well, one thing about one thing about uh, uh, Europe when you when you are like. 14, 15, 16 years old, you start playing professional. So you go against mm-hmm. these guys like 30, 35, 36 years old, grown men. So you have to be tough. You have to bring your uh, top game every day in a practice or literally 35-year-old guy, men, going to bully you. So you have to, you, you are mm. automatically learning how to be tough. So I think, you know, just like I said, again, more people just become feeling more comfortable uh, playing this game in, in the, from Europe. Ennis Cantor is my guest. He is uh, the center for the Boston Celtics, and he's also a person who has taken some strong stands. I, I look at all the people in life, and I, I always ask them, who would you love to just pick up and dunk through the rim? You would probably do this to President Erdogan if you had to. 
You would love to you dunk it, it through the. <laughs> you know it for sure. I, I mean, I, I I made a an analogy the other day, and I don't I don't think it even is is accurate because of how much um, strife you face from back home. Like I said, well, you know, he's he's being treated by President Erdogan like like President Trump treats Colin Kaepernick, but you know, President Trump is not called. Colin Kaepernick, a terrorist and an enemy of the state and all the things that, right. that President Erdogan and you and I, I just feel like on some level we can joke about it, but it must be hurtful to you given that that's your home. I mean, of course, because like th that is my home. That's where I grew up. That's where my, where my family is. That's where I earned my, you know, my respect and my, you know, my money early of my career. But now just because of I talk about these issues about you know what's going on in my country. They're talking about you know the, the freedom. Talking about how democracy. Talking about human rights violations. Now they call me a bad guy. I mean that does not make sense. But I mean, I mean you know what? Whatever they say, I'm just I'm just going to just you know just keep doing what I'm doing. Just focus on what I need to focus on. And you know, but it's but it's like in the end, of course it's sad when when your own country calls you a terrorist. But what you're trying to do is. Mm. Uh, going out there and fight for innocent people. Well, and among human rights, you're very active in in women's rights and how important those are in a country that, and if people don't know, just a quick history lesson, President Erdogan is, has turned a once, what many considered a pure dem democracy into this uh, almost Islamic state and I don't want to say Islamic extremism because then people go to right. terrorism. But 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 the bottom line is he has turned this into a country in which if you don't believe in certain things, then uh, then you're not a good person from Turkey. And I think for you, you see this as wait, there there were liberation. These women that I know growing up, they actually had rights, and now now they're being taken away all of a sudden. Yeah, for sure. First, I'm, I'm, I mean the, about the women women rights, you know, be. There are 17,000 innocent women are in jail right now waiting for help, and uh, you know also 1,000 women are are uh, 1,000 women, sorry 1,000 people over there is just babies, you know, mm. and uh, they're growing up in jails with their mother. So I'm like, I'm, what did they, what did they do? What did the 1,000 kids and babies do? What did the 17 innocent thousand women did? You know, so it's it's very very sad what's going on over there. But I mean. Like I said again, people know me, my teammates know me, the America knows me, my my or the organization of Celtics knows me. But um, you know, I don't really care what they say. Uh, I'm still gonna do what I'm. I have to do to yeah, help help people over there. Well, yeah, and, I, and what I like about that is I um when I one of my favorite Nelson Mandela quotes, they say um, uh, resentment is like drinking poison and waiting for your enemies to die. <laughs> The only person that kills is you. I love I love the quote you put out on Twitter, and I only know the meaning of it because I took the Turkish translation. I don't. How do you say this? Cesar teli yasam mayan esartil olur. Oh, esartil olur. Yes. Esartil yasaman esartil olur. Yeah, and it's and and the and the translation is, whoever doesn't live with courage dies with captivity. I love that. Uh, that. What a great quote. And that that seems to, I mean, you. it's important for you to speak out. Do you think because you're in the NBA 
And it's a it's a league that has no problem uh, letting its feelings be known about certain issues when it comes to police in America and its its troubles with the black community and everything else. Like people, whether it's LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, the people will speak out. Do you think it's easier for you in this realm, or would you do it respective, irrespective of where you played and who you played for? I mean, I would just I would just say this. If you have a if you have a platform, if you have a strong voice, you need to you have to talk about some of the issues going on in the country, you know, because all these kids, all these young people, all these people are idolizing you, and they if they talk about these issues, if they say not just play basketball, but because because this is bigger than basketball, if you yeah. just talk about if, if you're talking about these issues, all those uh, you know the young people are going to idolize you and follow your footsteps. Um, I feel like not just the athletes, you know, the rappers, singers, um, you know, the, you know, the actors, whatever, need to talk about these issues because it is so important. So I mean, I, I would say if you have a platform, talk about these issues. Yeah, I just look at other centers in the league, whether it's Stephen Adams, Joel Embiid, whoever. They don't. They're they're embraced by their country. Are you? I don't. I don't exactly know the facts. It, are your? Is your family? under arrest over there or are they just uh ostracized uh publicly and and privately by yeah. people my dad was in a jail uh but now just because we put so much pressure from here to turkey they let him out but oh, uh yeah but the, the uh thanks god but uh i mean now he's going to a trial every three four months they accused him to just to be my dad literally that, that that's the only thing they're accusing him with but uh it's very sad because they cannot leave the country and I cannot go back. It is, it's it just like, like I said, again, what's going uh, on is a human, human tragedy. But I mean, like, I mean, people, a lot of people are asking me if I'm crazy, still talking about these issues because it, it affects me and my family. But people don't, don't understand that they, this, my, my family is only one. And you guys know my story because I play in NBA, but there are thousands of people's stories out there. They're way worse than mine. And just because of they're not NBA players, you guys know don't know their story, mm. but just because of I use, I'm trying to use my story to be voice of theirs and their story. Well, I, I think the one great thing about this is, and I have to salute you for this, people, because you shared your story, other people have spoken out. And I think that's whenever I tell my own story about my own life, if you reveal some things, all of a sudden you feel other people are comfortable revealing their own truths and I think that to me, that's one of the great yeah. things you do is you get other people talking. Uh, let me ask you as well, the the Turkish government is so petty now and President Erdogan is so petty. They have uh, they have Internet. They have put out arrest warrants internationally yeah. for you. Are you can you travel to Toronto for the Celtics game on Christmas Day? Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, like in the end, my job is to go out there and play basketball. Right. And I mean, that's. I mean, I'm not a politician or journalist, and I yeah. want to go out there, play basketball, and playing in a Christmas Day is a blessing. You know, not many players or people play in a Christmas Day, it's only eight teams. But so just because I talk about these issues, they revoke my passport, so I cannot even go, you know, go go out there and do my job. But I think Celtics been Celtics been doing an amazing job, you know, working with the Canadian government, and we've been working very hard, and we, we're gonna see uh, what's going to happen. So you don't. So you at this time you you are not sure whether you'll be able to travel on Christmas Day. No idea. No idea. Yeah. We still they still working on it. Yeah. Wow. That's just 
uh, it's like a movie almost. I can't I right, can't even right. think of it. Um, the the one person that is disappointing to me in some ways, and I don't know his position right now, but you know, because I grew when I used to cover the NBA for the New York Times, I I got to know Hito Turkoglu very well, and he's just such a fun-loving guy. And now I feel like when he has denounced you, he almost feels like a tool of the dictator. Is this what you uh, feel? I'll, I'll say this: just because of you got, he got, he he was the uh, he was one of the advisor of the, the President Erdogan, and now he is the head. Uh, uh, he's the president of uh, Turkish national team, so I mean, he's getting lots of benefits of to just being with the president. But uh, it's just very sad because I know he do. I played with him in 2011 in that mm. national team, and uh, he was my good friend. But just because of everyone want him, want him to talk badly about uh, badly about me, so he he just going out there all the media's and saying, "Oh, and it's a bad guy, and it's doing this and that," you know, like. He's losing lots of people, lots of fans in America, you know, just because of he is taking the stands next to the president. It's just very sad because he was my really, really good friend, but I, I still respect him. But but what he's saying is very, very hurtful. I just I just don't know. Yeah. I just don't know what, what's going to happen to him because, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very sad situation. We, we find ways to divide instead of come together over our politics, over our, but we have these shared values, but it doesn't matter when you pick a side, you just agree with that side no matter what, and it's so wrong. Uh, it just bothers me. Right. So, right. Um, Hito, uh, Hito Turkoglu is just one person in your life. You played with so many others. Uh, yeah. Ennis Cantor is my guest. He's, had, he's been on five teams in nine seasons. Not because he's a, a journeyman, but everywhere you went, you're, you're beloved by your teammates. Everybody uh, right. loves you. I, I still go back to the Knicks, and I still remember you getting into it with LeBron. And I'm going, wow, oh, this guy, he's not afraid of anybody. Uh, no, no one. Do you, do you have any relationship with LeBron, or does he, you, you respect him off the court, or do you feel like he, he tries to be a bully on it sometimes? I mean, I, I respect him. On the court, yes, I was I was respect him off the court, not anymore. Mm. But uh, because of his com because of his comments about you or other things, I, I think a lot of players have done the same. They they think, well, okay, this guy, it, it's like anybody. If I said to you tomorrow, I stand for this, and then all of a sudden I do something completely contrary to that, you would lose respect. And I think LeBron has lost sure. some respect over that. For sure, for sure. So. Um, you you also played at a time when uh, I I correct me if I'm wrong. You played on a very good Oklahoma City team. The right. Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook were still there. They they made such beautiful basketball together. But did you see the personal conflict? Uh, did you see or was it a basketball conflict in your mind? What do you think? Um, what what do you think changed in that relationship where? KD just feels like he had to go to Golden State and, and Russ was, you know, all of a sudden he was there by himself. I mean, I cannot read, read his mind, of course, but, like, I mean, yeah. we love him. We love him like our, he's like our brother. We love him like he's a, he's a family. But, yeah. uh, I mean, I guess he just felt like leaving. And, um, I mean, I have no idea what was going through his head because I cannot read his head. But, you know, it just he just... I guess that he thought, he thinks that that's, that was the best decision for him. Yeah, and, you know, he he did win 
two titles and he played uh and, and he and he played very well and he was he cemented his legacy um there's something about i i still feel like if if people stayed together in oklahoma city that could have been a championship team i really believe that oh, oh yeah for sure for um, i believe that too yeah there's just too much talent there um why do you think players leave oklahoma city why do you think it's just because it's it's not a New York or a Boston. It doesn't have the cultural uh, uh, cultural leanings. It doesn't have all the great things many of these cities lean. Or do you think people just I mean, get antsy? No, I mean, I, I, I mean, I love this. I, I did love the city. I love the organization. It's a it's a very very professional organization. I love the people over there. So I'm, I have no idea. Yeah, no, I I'm the same way. I everybody talks about. Utah, you you played in Utah, you loved it. Yes. I, I think small markets are great because one, you get so much fan adulation. There's not as there's not so many media people that bother you all the right. time. And also, you um, if you, you know you got such a long off season, if you want to live in New York for the the summer or you want to live, you want to go to LA, you can. It's not like you're trapped wherever you're you're playing. So I, yeah. I still. No, I, understand. I, 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 I loved it over there, man. People were very nice, very respectful. And Oklahoma fans were crazy. So I, I loved it over there. Yeah. Uh, Ennis Cantor is my guest with the Boston Celtics. Uh, he's He's been tremendous. We have a few more for him here. You're, um, you, you wore number seven. A lot of people in Boston say, oh, that's great. You know, he took Kyrie's number. But you wore that number before. Was there any part of you that took that number to show Celtics fans, hey, you guys can forget about him. I'm here. <laughs> or what? What did you? What was your? What was your goal behind wearing number eleven? I mean, it was it was my old num old jersey number. I don't know if many people uh, yeah. knew it or not. But I'm like, you know what? It just it'll be funny, you know, because all, it's all about <laughs> chemistry. It's all about put up a smile on the fans' face. And uh, I was like, you know what? It'll be very funny to just you know just get that number and just start the season with a with a big big smile. <laughs> I love that. How did being a basketball guy, and this is totally in, in the in the in the paint kind of question. How, I remember when watching Dennis Rodman in the old days, and people always said, "Oh, he's crazy. You don't know." I said, "No, Dennis Rodman is crazy like a fox. He knows how to get such great position. He almost anticipates where the rebound is going to go. How do you get such great position?" I mean, I'll just say that it's all about positioning. You know, if you yeah. get a good position if you put, if you put a, a, a body on a guy and if you, you know one if you go get that re, grab that rebound i think it just it, it just comes to you i guess so you there's nothing you do uh you, you there's nothing you do on the side to work on it it's just your own instincts for rebounds i, I promise just that that's that's a pretty good instinct. <laughs> it's good I, to have. I promise. I don't I don't work for it too I don't work for it too hard. It just kind of comes to me. Yeah. Do you, when I think of all the the goals that this team could have this season, and I look at how wide open the NBA is. Like I still don't I can't tell you who's going to be in the NBA Finals this year, and that that never happens. Always we always say, oh this per, this team this team maybe two or three teams are going to be there. I don't know this year. Do, when when Kemba Walker ran into Semi Ojale in Denver and was taken off the court stretch, were you worried that there goes the Celtics' chances right there? Were you were you? I mean, everybody looked very distressed. 
I mean, of, of course, it was very. I mean, besides basketball, it was very scary. We were, we were very scared for our brother because he was he was down. He wasn't moving, and he was just. It was a very scary moment for all of us. But we we, we pray for him. But uh, he's a tough guy. I mean, he just when uh, he, I don't know if you take him in one game up or not. He just wanted to go out and play. Yeah, uh, is there when when you think of all the the great guards you played with, and I know it's early. Where does Kemba rank in that in that group? I, think, I mean, one thing about Kemba is just he one thing what makes him so special is he makes himself better and he makes everybody else better around him. I feel like that's what makes him really special. And then, you know, not many people knows the notes about Kemba, but you know, I, I, obviously I, he was on my draft class, but uh, you know, he was an amazing player on the court, but off the court, he's one of the most down-to-earth, one of the most humble guys that, you know, point guard that I've I seen. So he's uh, definitely, definitely up there. John Wall was a guy that I cover a lot in D.C. because I live here now. He, he talks about, even though he went to K- Kentucky for one year, John Calipari was somebody that he still is in contact with. Do you, do you have a relationship with Cal still? Yes, I do. I, 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 I text him sometimes. You know, I text, he texts me sometimes. I text him sometimes. He's a, he's a good man. They they were telling me that uh, yes. uh, you're you you have such a good diet and you're disciplined, but you right. have the cheat days. <laughs> so I was going to ask you, yeah, uh, about the days. So so you, you diet six days, or what do you what do you eat on the days that you don't cheat? So I mean, I I literally try to eat very clean, almost no carbs. I try to like you know just because of we are like we are in the season, I try to eat like very very a lot of proteins, a lot of fruit and stuff. But it just just because of, I eat so clean, you know, you know, your body needs rest. So that's why I'm like, you know what? I gotta cheat one time a week, one meal. So that meal I go crazy. So I literally eat like a lot of pizza, burger, hot dogs, and a lot of sweets. Uh, I actually took taco to a Turkish restaurant for a cheat day, and he loved it. Oh. That's great. He took him to a, he took him to a, a Turkish restaurant for a cheat day. Oh and yeah, he, he, eats, he eats so much. I'm like, wow. That's he, he can eat. That's 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 incredible. And so you do you feel good after these cheat days, or do you do you just uh, uh, do you sleep well, or do you just uh, have to detox for the next two days? Yeah, no, you sleep very well because of the food coma. But uh, <laughs> just, you, I feel like it re- resets your body. And uh, you just wake yeah. up like feeling so good the next day. That's, and then and you're essentially you're in you're you're in a much better place. Like you that you you actually put that into your body, and then you yeah I could get that I I could see that yeah. I could see that um yeah that the, they have like it's Greek but it's kind of Turkish like the baklava yes the way they do oh it's so good the way the Turkish do it it's so it tastes so good. It's yeah. uh maybe it's maybe it's lokma, but uh, all right. Well, this has been great, sir. Okay, man. Thank you, and I and I and tell Appreciate your Celtics it, brethren, thank you for getting you together with us. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Thanks to my guest this week, Ennis Cantor of the Boston Celtics. We look forward to watching him and the young Celtics team battle it out in the much improved Eastern Conference this season. Thanks, as always, to my producer, Bruce Bernstein, who has been an Ennis Cantor fan for years. Big thanks to our editor, Ben Wolfen, for making all the technical stuff work. Please go back and listen to my two-part podcast with former commissioner David Stern. He opened up about so many topics, 
and truly was unplugged in a way rarely heard. It was epic. Please check out our other weekly Pure Hoops media shows. The soon-to-be-relaunched Catch and Shoot 2.0 will still drop each Wednesday, and we'll have more on that soon. The Pure Hoops podcast with BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman drops each Friday, and Monica McNutt swings by each Thursday with buckets, boards, and blocks. I'm back every Monday. Please rate us, review us, and leave some feedback. Until next week, aloha. The Mike Wise Show used to be called The Wise Ass Show, but it remains a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.